Hey now, welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. Today, we are talking about entrepreneurship and we're talking about how you can create a fantastic experience from something that most people would think of as, really as an afterthought. I love the concept of co-working space. I love the idea of connecting with people outside of your company and doing it in a natural way. And we have the perfect person with us today to share not only how to do this, but why this may be the future of how we work. So please join me in welcoming Wendy Spreenberg to the Inside BS Show. All right, Wendy, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. I almost did like an Oprah thing. Welcome to the show, you know? <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. It's great to have you here. The name of your company is Yes, Your Exceptional Space. Now tell us, how did you get the idea for going into the co-working space? I mean, there are, there are people doing it, but they're not really doing it as well as you're doing it. And we're going to explain to folks why. And, you know, it's it's... Well, we'll explain to folks why, but how did you get the idea to go into the co-working space? Well, we are a consultancy. So what we wind up doing is working with landlords, developers, and entrepreneurs who want to create their own brand. So we bring the business operation solution to those uh, folks to be able to create their own co-working space. What led us here, Dave, is we wound up working on the other side of the table in an industry we had no idea about, but we were introduced from a recruiter that we engaged with and said, this person needs a sales and marketing person and they do this interesting concept called shared work environment. It's called executive suites. This was back in the 90s. So yes, long time of, of uh, experience. And so what we wind up doing is walking, walking the walk with our clients to help them stand up those co-working spaces. So after eight years of operating for an individual owner and independent owner and operator in Chicago, we saw that we could do this once he sold his entity and our autonomy was going to disappear. We said, we've done this. So we saw an opportunity to be on the other side of the table and guide others through this process. So you come to them with a with a turnkey solution basically you're you're the folks who go in and you say all right this is this is how you know based on your revenue model this is how we recommend you set everything up and this these are the amenities that are going to be in place the thing that makes you different from other people is the experience that you're creating, right? That you're helping the space, the owner of the space create. Explain what that means, how, you know, you, uh, in fact, that's even your tagline, right? That you create experience, not just space. So explain what that means. Exactly. So ours is an immersive consultancy as well. So we'll start with a feasibility study or a financial model to make certain that our clients know what is really entailed in actually standing this up. It's uh, 12 to 15,000 square feet is the minimum based on our experience. And what we then do is build out the, the model with them, encompassing the five senses as, and then the sixth sense. And what we mean by that is you'll walk in, you're greeted with great hospitality. So you start to feel good on that score. It's neat, it's clean with COVID. It's arranged beautifully colored, natural light, there's 
yummy coffee smells and maybe chocolate chip cookie smells going on, as well as then uh, white noise or light music to create a sense of comfort. And it's that sixth sense that creates the experience that says someone can identify and go, you know, I'm in the right space. This is the right location and business uh, location co-working space for me. So that's what that means. Okay, so is your so the the ideal person for you to work with? Is it do you prefer to work with somebody who has experience and who's developed co working space before, or is it better for you just to have a developer who's a blank canvas? What makes the most sense for you? It's really a developer who has a blank canvas, but has experience in de- in developing space and understands the financials. Uh, of what it takes to create something. So we've got two different profiles I'd love to share with you. One is a developer right now who's creating a multifamily development in Chicago, but the retail component on the first floor does not make any sense. So they've engaged with us to create two floors of flex work with a captive audience upstairs. So when they're, we're in Chicago, when they're two feet of snow, you can walk downstairs and be with other people and be very productive, uh, as well as just better Wi-Fi, great coffee, and a great experience with other people. The other is a landlord that we're working with who has vacant space. And they've been challenged over the last three years, not two, but three years of figuring out who can we get and attract to take on our first floor, floor space. What we can do for the landlord is build a better model than a standard lease arrangement In terms of their revenue, they can expect to double their revenue for that particular space once they open a co-working space and how they're charging their clients. Uh, And then that also feeds tenants to the rest of the building as those businesses, if we're successful as operators, help them grow their business within the rest of the the building. So will you, you said you do feasibility. So if somebody has like funky, uh, a funky layout, right? And I'm thinking of... Back in, in a previous life, I, I worked for a company that developed hotels, and they took a shoe factory, an old shoe factory in Columbus, and made it uh, Columbus, Ohio, a great city. They made it uh, a hotel, and people would choose to stay in that hotel because the some of the rooms had, like, crazy L-shaped layouts, and it was just a really neat kind of a, kind of a property. Well, can you can you help if somebody's got you mentioned they had, you know, unused retail space, probably probably a common occurrence these days with COVID. Can you help with unusual like design and layout? Uh, I mean, can you make recommendations and connect with an architect or a designer who can help them fix that up? Absolutely. We have resources, people that we've worked with who have a special focus on creating shared workspace or co-working space. We are not the architects, but we partner with the architects and the tech firms and everybody else on the um, professional side that needs to develop and construct this type of space. So absolutely, we can get creative. We've worked with a, a group who's trying to recreate same situation apartments with, you know, in, in a building was an old bank building. The first floor is three stories tall. So we're trying to conf- reconfigure with a mezzanine and some un- interesting funky space, as well as trying to convert the vault in the basement into something really as a destination piece and, and something really fun. And, and- I, I mean, I, I would love to say we're going to have a meeting in the vault. Meet me at the vault. That's awesome. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's or it becomes a speakeasy, right? <laughs> it could be the entertainment space or the event space. Yeah. Now, 
one of the things one of the things I love, and I'm 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 curious about your. I want to get your kind of your take on the industry. One of the things I I really enjoy when I travel is, you know, I and I travel a lot, and and being from Miami and going to New York and Chicago quite a bit. I'm, I spend a lot of time on American Airlines, so I joined the uh, the Admirals Club, and one of the things I love. The good clubs have like business space with like cubbies and, you know, I find that I can actually, as long as I bring headphones with me, I can actually get a lot of work done in that space. Do you see the future of this type of co-working space as maybe you, you know, uh, and I know some people do it, but nobody's doing it great right now. They, you, you buy a membership and you can go when you're in New York, you know, you, instead of working on the bed in your hotel room, you can go to a co-working space and, you know, get a, uh, you know, get a cube or, you know, have a, yeah, obviously if you need a meeting room, you'll, you'll pay a little extra and get a meeting room. I know some people are offering that, but the offerings I've seen are not fantastic. What do you see as the future of, of something like that? Well, I think that's really valuable. There's still going to be a place for that, Dave. But what I think is evolving is not just the experience with a meeting room, but also those booths, a phone booth that is much more soundproof and private. And then we're also seeing the evolution of just what we're doing here, podcast studios, Zoom rooms so that when you are in Chicago and you're doing something else uh, in Chicago, you can actually take advantage of the podcast studio or the Zoom room that gives you more privacy, more soundproof, may even be equipped. And then that's a way for the, for the uh, uh, operator to generate additional revenue that was unseen a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. And that people are much more comfortable with. But I think it also uh, goes back to our experiential is that you have to hire the right team to be able to de deliver surprise and delight in terms of hospitality, because that's what this business is. It's not real estate, it's hospitality. So as long as you can feel cared for, that'll make the difference when you travel. Well, you just given me a great idea now. So when I, when I get to go to another city, instead of you know, sitting in my hotel room and doing these interviews, maybe I'll have people come to one of, one of the spaces that you've worked with over, over the years <laughs> and go in there and do the show in there. And you know, they, can, uh, they can get the benefit of you know, having, you know, having me talk about their, their space on the show or whatever. That's, a great, that's an ab absolutely great idea. Is this... I, I think that this is going to be, well, let me ask it this way. Do you see companies t calling you up and going, hey, listen, you know, we're, you know, we're XYZ company and normally we would, we would build out office space for, you know, 300 executives in our downtown Chicago location, but, you know, they, they all don't need to come to the office at any given time. I want you to help us design space exclusively for us, and we only need space for about 30 people. Can you make our space like the other spaces, but it's just going to be exclusive for us? So in other words, your company will come in and do co-working space for like these massive companies so that their work from home people have a place to come to when they have a meeting or they have to work in the city that day. Absolutely. It's a solution we can absolutely provide. Ours is generally on the revenue generating side, and we've migrated since this has been something that has really come to the fore to the corporate world and, and indeed devising and, and creating those types of spaces that are like a co-working space with all those amazing amenities that dresses up the space and creates, again, a fantastic experience for employees. 
So let's talk about uh, the revenue. Let's say let's talk to let's talk to developers now, right? Can can we get a premium from the the space if we you know if we do if we make our space co working space? Is there a will we be able to get a premium over? just renting it out to to one company and i know the risk profile is probably lower but is there is there the ability to command a fee premium from that space absolutely because and that's what we've seen uh in our experience over these last um, decades in fact what we've formulated with our clients is this particular platform of saying look you can invest let's just say $80 $80 a square foot with your tenant in tenant improvement dollars and collect $30, $40 triple net, depending on the market that you're in. Or you can spend a little bit more, maybe $100 a square foot, create this co-working space, and then you can actually charge anywhere between $80 to $120 a square foot. Over that period of time, yes, there's an investment, but the upside is tremendous. The challenge is, of course, that this is a very uh, mobile type of tenancy, but that's why you charge a premium. It's similar to the way that we think about going to the grocery store versus going to 7-Eleven or a convenience store. You're going to pay a premium for the convenience store, but you're in, out, it's easy, uh, walk in, sit down, get to work, for example, in co-working versus the build-out situation, an office manager, people who can't necessarily take care of you or you have to manage all of this yourself. That's what co-working and flex space can be. So I um, have a client and he purchased um, uh, two, off- two office buildings and combined them. They're, uh, they're single-story office buildings here in South Florida. And what he did was he's a uh, he has a real estate law firm. He needed three offices for his firm, but he's got essentially uh, 18 offices, three conference rooms. There, there were two kitchens. He took the second kitchen, converted it into a um, like a really nice event space. It was kind of an open floor plan. And he went out and specifically recruited attorneys from other practice areas to come into his space and he did this so that he would have a built-in group of referrals his mission and you know he, he's done been able to do it of course with my help is to provide them with at least one referral every month that will pay for their rent in the space and the people who are in there love it they're super loyal to him because where else can you go get it all get it you know, a fully furnished office, which, and he's, and I'm I'm curious about the pricing models that that you've seen work over the years, but he does an all-in pricing model where they don't pay extra for, you know, any of the utilities, of course. They don't pay extra for the the copy machine as long as they're not running off, you know, a thousand flyers to hand out or whatever. They don't pay extra for the administrative support, the phone system, all that stuff is included. They love it. They absolutely love it. Even the, the folks who may have outgrown his space have still kept one person in the space for the, you know, just for the benefits that uh, that he provides them there. So this is a, I think this is a fantastic model. I think it's a, it's a, 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 a it's one of the best things you can do if you're a smaller law firm and you have the potential to grow. Have you seen people do this like on a on a sublet basis. So let's say I have a law firm, right? And I'm not sure I need a whole floor, 
but there's a premier building and they'll only give me a floor. They won't, they won't subdivide it. Can I create, can I, can I come to you and say, Hey, let's, let's do a co-working space. I'll take six of the offices and then we'll have 12 that are left that we can do that. We can, you know, recruit people to come in and fill. Have you seen the sublet model work or is it only owner, you know, owners that end up developing space like this? It's really very similar. Exactly that, Dave. And that if you are, you're going to operate this business though. So just as your friend has done, brilliant congratulations that he's created this experience that people love. That's what we do. We help those attorneys take a look at that. What I would share with you as well is that the minimum is between 12 and 15,000 square feet that we wind up working with based on what we understand the economies of scale to be because you're still going to need somebody to actually run the space itself, manage, you know, when the copier goes down, when somebody's in the conference room and they outstayed a little bit and somebody else is waiting to use it. Those types of interactions and the management of the space, let alone now the sanitation protocols and things that we're doing to, to manage the human experience and interaction. So congratulations, but that's exactly what we do and what we can help uh, someone achieve. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the um, the fee structures because, like anything else, I'm sure there's different models that you've seen work over the years. You know, I mentioned um, the my client, my friend's model is he just wants he he didn't want to deal with any of the you know the nuances, so he just did an all in model, and we you know we came up with a little bit what we thought was a little bit of a markup because it was all in, but it wasn't. Nobody really complained about it. What is what is your experience from a fee structure standpoint? What do, what do the owners of these spaces charge typically and how do they charge? What are the models you've seen work? Well, it's evolved over the years. So we started in the model where everything was, you know, nickel and dimed. Let's just say that. Uh, and over time, we found, of course, people don't necessarily want to have to be uh, dealing with any of that. Not just the operator, but the client on the other side who thinks this is their fixed cost every month or this is what they've budgeted. And suddenly they're surprised by all these add-on charges. So that's the model that we prefer to, to share with our clients and the model we, we want them to build is an all-inclusive. Now what we will say is, for example, a podcast studio application is very specific. And under those circumstances, we may charge a little bit extra or say, look, it, you know, we'll give you a bundle of hours in the podcast studio because that's something that's sort of the cornerstone of your business and how you market. So let's create a package for you. But this is your fixed cost every month. This is how many hours of podcasting studio time you get, things of that nature. So that, again, it's about creating this experience that is seamless you know, people don't have to come in and, and start questioning and, and wondering and, you know, building your trust together. Once you have that nickel and diming situation, trust is broken. Yeah. All right. I want you to tell us a little bit about the sales process that's involved, because I know that, you know, a developer in the back of his mind is going to say, oh, it's going to be a pain in the neck to recruit people to come and be in this office space. So I want you to share some of the secrets that you work with your clients that you use when you work with your clients to get the space to, to the point where it's beyond break even and it starts to make money. I want you to do that in just one minute. I need to remind the folks who are listening, the folks who are watching that 
We are brought to you by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. For over 35 years, Sandrowski Corporate Advisors has been helping people just like you, people in professional services or people who are business owners. How have they been helping people just like you? Well, if you're a professional, let's say you're a lawyer and you are in the middle of a real thorny case and you have financial implications for that case or you have to dig into the financials of the case and really uncover what's going on behind the numbers, Sandrowski can absolutely help you. They do this all the time. They do a huge amount of forensic accounting. They do a lot of litigation support and they also do expert witness work. So if you're a lawyer or if you're in any type of a professional service business and you need help analyzing the financials, you need help getting behind the numbers and figuring out what's driving some of the results you're seeing, Sandrowski Corporate Advisors is for you. In addition, if you are in a family office setting, so you're working with high net worth individuals and you're setting up a family office or you're already running a family office and you're wondering whether or not you're as efficient as you can be or you have some sort of an issue that's popped up and you think to yourself, hey, I didn't go to business school. I went to school for the business that we're in and I don't know how to handle this. Sandrowski Corporate Advisors is the ideal group for you to get involved with. Why? They wrote the book on family office formation and management. That's right. They've done this for so long and so well that they're recognized experts and they've written a book on how to structure, how to run, and the compliance issues related to family offices. So if you are in business or if you are a professional and you're working with people who handle these sorts of things, you need to reach out to Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. You can call them at 866-717-1607, Sandrowski Corporate Advisors is a CPA firm with a different perspective. We're also brought to you by My Revenue Roadmap Guide. That's right, me, Dave Lorenzo. I've prepared a business development guide just for you. It's my gift for you for joining us here today. It's absolutely free. Here's what you need to do. Go to revenueroadmapguide.com, revenueroadmapguide.com. That website will show you a form. All you got to do is enter your contact information into that form. You'll get immediate access to a plan that you can customize for your professional services firm or for your practice. It will help you build your book of business. And let's face it, when you build a good book of business, you then become more valuable to your firm and you become more valuable to yourself. You're probably gonna work wherever you're working right now for the rest of your career. But if you're not gonna work there for the rest of your career, wouldn't it be nice to have a portable book of business you could take with you somewhere else and increase your bargaining power? RevenueRoadmapGuide.com. Just go there. You can customize that business development plan for you, for your firm. All right, so... Before I took care of a little business there, I asked you a really important question. And I need you to give us the give us the straight scoop now. Go ahead. What what do what what is the process? What is the procedure? How do you make it easier to find people to fill up this co-working space? I would imagine it's probably easier to have a conversation like this during the pandemic as the pandemic comes to an end. 
but still, I, I would think that developers are like, oh, Wendy, I, you know, I got enough with the, the 36 floors I got to fill in this building that I'm paying a bazillion dollars for. I got to go out and, you know, I got to you know, have conversations with people about how much toilet paper we're going to put in the bathroom. So talk <laughs> about how you recruit, how you help them recruit people to, you know, buy into this whole concept of co-working space. Well, thankfully, with this work from home environment, people are ready to get back into the office at least for a period of time each week. The idea is to also interact with other people, right? So it's gonna be less of an issue, I think, moving forward. But the way to do that is to start from the very beginning. When you are working with yes as a client, what we will do with you is help you understand when we need to start marketing the space, even if it's under construction. So six months before opening, we start the process of having conversations with the broader community. And what we mean by that is not just within your own network, but within the immediate environs of the location itself. So talk to people, social media, uh, literally going to the Chamber of Commerce or Economic Development and telling them, having conversations about this great new location and what you're going to be building and contributing to the broader community at large. The next step is to also have pre-construction hard hat tours. So let them pick the, the space that they're working from. Let them envision and take a look at what they think the finished product is. So that by the time you open the doors, our hope is that we've at least got between 25 and 30% occupancy, whatever that means, whether it's offices, whether it's these part-time memberships, whatever that looks like. And then on, on an ongoing basis, you're going to continue to have events. You're going to continue to uh, have programming. Uh, we'd bring in Dave Lorenzo as a guest speaker on how to build their business. Uh, that could be an amazing tool and opportunity for these businesses within the space themselves to, just like your attorney friend, create this dynamic, engaged community that continues to build itself and support each other. That's what we do. Okay, that's great. So you're basically your service. You now you you say that you're a consulting service, but there's also some done for you. There's some done for you things that you do. So because you're really like you don't just consult from the beginning. You're crunching the numbers. You're going to help them. So they're going to hire a salesperson that will work for them, but you will help them train that salesperson up. Right? They're going to hire a manager, but you'll help them train that manager up. So and they're going to need processes and procedures you're going to come to them and say, here are your processes and procedures, modify them as you like. So really you, you consult, but you also, you know, you roll up your sleeves and you get in there and help them. Absolutely. That's why we talk about ourselves as being an immersive consultancy. So we have a, a, what is called the proprietary yes operational playbook. So it is the 80, 20 rule that we've got about 80% best practices, things we know that work. And the 20% varies based on business philosophy uh, community and culture, the demographics of the area and who the target market is. So marketing to attorneys is going to be definitely different than marketing to tech folks or a mix of entrepreneurs. So the playbook itself is a living document that we, again, immerse ourselves with you. And typically our engagements last anywhere between 24 and 36 months. So we're going to hold your hand and really be alongside you to stand up this business before we release it into your hands, because we know you're doing great and you've achieved break even between, again, 20 and uh, 28 months of operation. 
then then we take off the training wheels and let you go. Or if you'd like us to, we'll continue to to, to work alongside your team on a management consulting basis. So do, do folks pay you uh, on a monthly basis? Do you, uh, do you ever take a portion of the revenue or is it just a consulting fee? How do, you, how do you get paid from the people with whom you work? The very beginnings as we're developing the space is on a monthly retainer basis. As we get going on an ongoing management contract, then it's, it's based on incentive and revenue driven. So as we progress through this and we prove our model to you, we indeed go back and say, look, if we've if we've created value for you, that's how we need to base our fee. Yeah, it's fair. I can't be can't be more fair than that. What about so what if what if there's somebody who hears this or sees this and they say to themselves, look, I'm looking for a new office space. And I like the idea that they were talking about, about creating a space that maybe my referral partners could share with me. Would they, could they engage you to help them find space that would make sense for this? Do you do that or do they have to find the space first and then come to you? We can help them find the space. And I should share with you that we are licensed real estate brokers in the state of Illinois only, but we would partner with uh, a real estate broker in, in the state of Florida, in the state of New York, to help you find the space and talk with a real estate broker. And we do recommend that you have representation as a tenant, uh, if that's the case to find the right space, and then we can work alongside uh, you in terms of moving forward. What's the ideal space? What does it look like? What are the criteria that we need to take to your real estate broker? And then find that ideal space and go forward with you. And what is the, what is the value proposition for, um, let's say, well, let's let me let me put it let me put it this way. I, I have so many ideas about this, and you know, I mean, we we've had a previous conversation about it, but this is this is this is something that uh, the intersection uh, of like different aspects of my life. This is this is at the intersection of it. So, what about someone who tried this concept, couldn't make it work for whatever reason? And my experience is, hey, listen, they probably just didn't have the right sales. Uh, plan in place. They probably didn't have the right business development plan in place. But let's say they tried the concept and now their their co-working space is distressed, right? Could you come in with somebody who's going to develop the space and say, all right, so the space is, is distressed. They have, you know, they have, let's say it was a sublease. They have five years left on their lease. Would you be able to help the person who would come in to do the turnaround with like a feasibility study and say, here's what you need to do. The people who are here are at, they're, they're get, they got you to 50% of your, of your break even. Here's, here's what we think you could do to get to 100% of your break even within the first four or five months and then start making money after that. Is that something that's done in your industry now or is that just a wacky idea that I just came up with? It's not a wacky idea, and we, we would love to help those folks. And what we really want to do is come back and say, is this the right location in that feasibility study? So in addition to the financial modeling, we'll say, you know, maybe this is a great idea at the wrong location. Mm. So we'll, our idea is to absolutely protect the, the investment of our clients. So if they're looking at it and they're, they're either taking over this particular location or they're thinking about taking it over, start with us. We can help you understand, is this uh, going to be a really successful opportunity because we can reposition it with you and tell you other things that you can do to make it more successful than your predecessor? 
or is this just something that you know take your take your marbles and go back home yeah yeah <laughs> so that's our our idea but absolutely we do this quite frequently have these conversations you know and i'm i'm old enough to remember when every city had at least one most cities had more than one like private membership club right where you know you would go after work and smoke a cigar and have a drink and i, I even when i lived in new york i even belonged to the grand havana room which I, i'm told is reopening now they were co closed because of covid but they're reopening now and for me Whenever clients would come in from out of town, they would always want to go there because, you know, political figures and celebrities would hang out there. The food was great. The service was fantastic. My question is, and the reason I bring this up is this, you know, part of what we're talking about today, this could become that new you know, a less, less smoky <laughs> um, type of private club where, listen, I'm going to work until 4.30 and then, you know, you can come be my guest and we have a great lounge here where, you know, they, uh, they play music and maybe they, you know, you can get a cocktail or at least have a coffee after five or whatever and we can hang out and have a, have a great conversation. I see this as potentially filling that space. You know, the reason people got away from that was they didn't want to hang out downtown in most cities after work anymore. But now they may only go to the office one day a week and they, may, they might want to have that social time on a Thursday afternoon. And this space will also serve as a, you know, as a, as a you know, social event type space as well. Do you, do you see something like that in the future? I, I see that as a partnership between the group that might be operating the co-working space and the provider of that hospitality experience, whether it's the, the lounge or the bar. So for example, it's not happening only in downtown, Dave. We are seeing that ex expand into the suburbs now that we see people who are not willing to do this commute anymore, but still want a, a similar experience. Um, there are groups that are creating these types of hub and spoke experiences that will include that partnership between a hospitality group, for example, and a co-working office professional operation. The consideration you have to think through is this could be, you know, a 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. environment. How do you staff for that? So those are the details that we would go through and help you understand. If you want to do this, how do you partner with someone to make this uh, a reality? And, and I absolutely agree with you. I think more and more this will be an environment and an amenity to a space where people just look at it and, and say this is this is all encompassing this is exactly what i'm looking for i don't want to have to make five decisions on where i'm going to be this is my look so with with work from home being a being a big thing these days do you see do you see companies saying all right what we're going to do is wednesday's our meeting day we're not going to build out our own office space just for one day of the week. So Wednesdays, everybody come to, you know, XYZ, you know, workspace. You can, you know, you can work at the shared table, set up your laptop, work at the shared table. And then we have our staff meeting at one o'clock and then we'll all go out to lunch or whatever. And then you can go home. Is that, you know, do you see a lot of companies doing that sort of thing and using this shared space for that? I think that's absolutely going to be what's what's going to happen if it isn't happening already. And I think it depends on where you are in the country based on where Omicron is at the moment. But absolutely, that'll be a situation. I also see the following, Dave, where companies, corporations may use it as a project 
a specific project space. So for example, you've got as an operator a meeting room that will accommodate eight to 10 people. A corporation approaches you and says, we have a special project, we wanna take this down for eight weeks, we're working on this, we're doing a deep dive. Those are some of the other things that I think corporations are going to look to to take them out of the confined idea or the, the typical same old, same old in the corporate environment, even if they refurbished it, to get everybody offsite to create a new sense and, and a sense of creativity and a space that'll give them that opportunity where there isn't somebody from a different division walking down the hall and going, can I just talk to you for a minute? So they'll be in, an, in a space like that as well. So I think that, that both will work and I think corporations will also take down, hey, you know, we're gonna take down an office that maybe accommodates three people. We'll schedule it as to which three people get to sit in the chair on what days. So there are a lot of uh, permutations of how this is going to unfold. Yeah, you know, I think back to, you know, again, back in back in my my career when I moved into consulting, we had in Rockefeller Center, I worked for the Gallup organization. We had gorgeous space. I mean, phenomenal, a hugely expensive, well-built out, ornate space. And there were some days where it was, because every, because we were consultants, there were some days, in fact, most of the days where it was just me, my assistant, and the receptionist in the office, you know, because everybody was on the road. So this would have been the ideal thing. I mean, unfortunately, the, the receptionist would have, you know, we would have had to figure out what else we could do with her. She could, she'd have to find another job because you would have provided or your, the, your partners would have provided the, the receptionist for us. But that would have been that would have been ideal because we didn't need that ridiculously. I mean, when I say ridiculously expensive, it, it was astronomically expensive space. Um, it was impressive the you know the fifteen times a year we had to have clients over, and our clients paid us very very handsomely. But you know, I mean, your your space could have been just as nice, and you know, clients would have come over and. These days, everybody gets, it used to be, there used to be a stigma, right? Oh, you're working in co-working space. You can't afford your own office space. Nowadays, there's no, there's no stigma. It's just a smart thing to do because nobody's in the office, right? You, know, you introduced me to this 15-minute city concept. Explain what that is. I, I had never heard of it until you brought it up. What is that? It's fascinating, and we've explored that truly for the last 10 years. It's existed before that, but we, it came across our awareness about 10 years ago. And a lot of it has, was introduced in Europe, where it's a walkable city concept. Ah. So within 15 minutes, you can be at work from home. You can be at the grocery store. You can see your physician. You can uh, drop off the kids at daycare. And that is, is a pretty tall order, I think, in a non-urban centric uh, environment. Mm -hmm. But that's where I think we're getting to, where I think the hub and spoke model when we're in a metro Chicago or a metro New York or even a metro Miami, where everything will expand and that 15 minute city will become the hub and smoke, spoke, excuse me, hub and spoke model, where that will be much easier. And people are over the commute. They're over the two hours that it's going to take them every day to go back and forth to an office environment. They're done. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, again, what we were referencing earlier, it may be two, maybe three days a week that they're actually going to be in an office at all rather than working from home or getting on a plane pretty soon and being with their client face-to-face -face in a different market Yeah. or on site with the client themselves. 
So the 15-minute city, I think, is going to be something that is, is going to take off uh, more seriously. I don't think it's going to be hugely widespread because it takes a long time to make that a reality. But that's what that means. You know, I see, I, I see so many... I see so many opportunities, uh, and I guess it all depends on economics, right? You could you could have a you could have a condo building and have co working space on the lower floors of the condo building, you know, as long as that's you know economically um, economically viable. If you're in a let's say you're in a, a retail you know like a like a shopping center area, wouldn't it be great if you had a daycare center, um, like a like a fitness center? You know, like uh, one of these old folks, um, you know, the old folks like daycare place and then the co-working space all in the same shopping center. So, you know, you could you could go see your mother at lunch and drop your kids off on the way in, pick them up on the way home. I mean, like to, to me, if I was building a strip mall in a, you know, in a, in a secondary or a tertiary market, I would look at, you know, seeing if I could get a fitness center as my anchor tenant and then have the co-working space right next to it with a with a daycare on the same property it's a home run absolutely and i think we'll see more and more of that in fact we've got um, for example i'll use it because i haven't worked with them but it's a great model lifetime fitness has now got life work and they've incorporated that co-working space within their fitness facility as has a, a group called brooklyn boulders they do have a couple locations here in Chicago, uh, but it's fitness with co-working because the membership model is not a foreign concept. So that's one aspect. You're absolutely right. In the condo uh, building itself, it's great. Uh, again, I think in the shopping mall, a bigger mall, uh, as well as a strip center. Again, I think if you if you look at what's available, the twelve to 15000 plus parking, plus plus, plus, plus. So I see it being something that I think would work great in a larger retail mall setting, as opposed to a strip mall, by example. But I think this is the way, this is the way people are going to look at it in the future is what's most convenient for me to satisfy many different needs that I have. All right. So Wendy, what we're going to do now is I'm going to ask you to pick three things that we talked about today, three things that we talked about that you think people should take away from our time together. Before I have you do that, I want to remind folks that this is all made possible by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. So if you need help with tax planning, with consulting based on the financials, with family office advisory, dispute advisory, business valuation, litigation support, forensic accounting, you name it. If there's numbers associated with it, you should connect with Sandrowski. If you need help with any of those things, I want you to call 866-717-1607, 866-717-1607. And don't forget my revenue roadmap guide. It's your business development plan. It's designed to help you make a great living and live a great life. It's free because I appreciate you being here. So go revenueroadmapguide.com. Download that now. Okay, Wendy, what are the three things we should take away from our time together? Number one, you want to create experience, not just space, and we're going to help you do that. Number two, when you're working with uh, your landlord or you are a landlord or a developer, creating the experience actually goes a long way in generating more revenue and profit for your business. And number three, we're the folks to choose.
to partner with you to make it a great experience for your clients. If you want to get a hold of Wendy Spreenberg and you want to learn how Yes Workspaces can take space in your building and turn it into a phenomenal revenue center, if you've got old tired space and you don't know what to do with it, if you're a building owner and you don't want to be in the business of handling all the you know, garbage that goes along with that, but you want to create an environment where maybe you have referral sources right in your own building. You need to reach out to Wendy. You can call her at 312-608-1859, 312-608-1859, or you can go, and I'm going to put this website in the show notes. You can go to yes-spaces.com, yes-spaces.com. All that stuff will be in the show notes. Wendy, you work all over the place. I mean, we were talking a couple of weeks ago and you know, you told me you had even been to like, I think you were, you had been up to like Winnipeg or something. And I said, what? You went to, yeah, oh, yes, we helped somebody up there build out space. So you'll work anywhere, right? Winnipeg, yes. But we've been from Vancouver to Puerto Rico in, since 2001. Uh, and we focus in Chicago, but we will go anywhere. We've gone to Denver, Austin, Seattle, San Francisco, Tampa. Love to help anyone who's in this situation. All right, give Wendy a call. She'll help you out. She'll turn your space into a revenue generating machine. And it's easier than being a traditional landlord. Or if you if you have space that and it's extra space and it's in the square foot that uh, square footage parameters that Wendy mentioned, Give her a call. She can help you turn it into a profit center. Wendy, it was a pleasure having you here. Thanks for joining us today. Dave, a delight. Thank you so much. That'll do it for this episode of the Inside BS Show, folks. We're back again tomorrow with another show for you. I can't wait to see you here again tomorrow. Until then, here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.